1: Well, it was heartbreaking to see what happens, but tell me how you feeling now. I feel
0: fucking glad! Welcome to the final match ball of the 2019-2020 season, the season in which Leeds United have absolutely romped it. The championship champions won it by 10 points. First of all, we do need to say a massive thank you to Levi Solicitors for their continued support. Right across this season, you can get 10% off your legal fees, whether you need personal or commercial stuff. Head to solicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. My name's Dan Moylan and I'm joined by Michael Normanson. Hello. And of course, Moscow White,
2: Daniel Chapman. This
1: is a bit different to last year, the end of the season, isn't it?
2: I can't remember. Did we speculate on how we'd do this season on that podcast? I can't even remember.
1: I think we just cried for half an hour. That was about it.
2: I might listen to it now. Like I said, I don't think I listened back to it particularly. I might might have done once at the start.
1: It is possible this podcast could just be like half an hour of crying if anybody shows me that picture of Marcelo Bielsa with the trophy again.
2: Yeah, that was lovely, wasn't it? It was so nice. There's such a depth of emotion to it that he's not... You can tell that he doesn't really want to be there, but he's loving it. And equally, he wants people to not concentrate on him, but he's also... Absolutely thrilled with his own achievement there and, and what he's done because he knows what he's done is amazing. He must do.
1: He'd be letting people down if he didn't lift the trophy. So he's gone out of a sense of absolute duty. I guess I'd better knowing people
2: seem to want this.
1: It's the right thing to do, but also knowing he absolutely deserved every second of it, and will be. Um, I don't imagine he's got many photos on the wall of his flat in Weatherby, but he might just get see if somebody down the road can do him a cheeky canvas of that one.
0: I adored the fact that he lifted the trophy only for a few seconds and then just quietly tried to melt into the background and the players didn't want him to go, but he still just sort of shuffled his way backwards in the pack. God bless that man. Isn't it weird to think that we're living through history? Do Do you kind of, have you come to terms with that in your own mind?
2: I think so, yeah. Seeing that stuff, well, seeing everything that's happened since Barnsley is felt, it's not felt real. I didn't, I, almost, I didn't think we'd ever see anything good happen with Leeds ever again at many, many points of the last 16 years. So to see it all, it's been, it's been brilliant. And it does feel like at last something has happened and it's something good for a change.
1: I think somebody tweeted the photo today of Howard Wilkinson walking through Elland Road with the Football League Championship trophy with him. And it suddenly hit me. It's like, oh, it's that trophy. That's the trophy we get. It's the same one. And it for some reason I just hadn't connected those dots that yeah it's the title we got in in 1992 and I, I don't know I mean I saw Gordon Stracken lift that title it was the first Leeds game I ever went went to I saw him lift the trophy above his head before the match and then a, there was going to be a lap of honor afterwards but it kind of descended into chaos because people ran on the pitch and they had to get DJ Bear the Panda of Peace out of there and stuff so it it ended quite quickly they kind of just ran off down the tunnel and it was a bit of an anticlimax and then. But I didn't get to go the next day. I didn't get to do any of the, the stuff where they were all outside the art gallery and, and things. So I don't think I saw that until it was on the, the end of season video, probably. I saw some photos in the newspapers and then had to wait two months for them to get that video out. But that's the trophy. And then there it is. It's back again in uh, in Liam, Liam Cooper's hands. And he seemed happy. And I'm happy. I do. It doesn't seem quite real yet because... I think I've got so used over the last 16 years to the idea that this would never happen, that now it's happened, my brain is kind of like, well, it can't have happened, so I'm not accepting it. And not only
0: that, but to do it in such unleazy fashion, and when I say unleazy fashion, I mean the last decade and a half, lady, where we've blown it so many times, we've choked so many times, we've fallen short. But this season, we've done something so atypical of us, which is to answer the questions when they were posed in emphatic style ultimately, in the end. And then, as soon as we got that goal against Swansea, and I know it was difficult going against Barnsley, but out of the back of that, it feels like we've just grown into the idea of being promoted in champions. We kind of, we've we not even taken our foot off the gas. They played with such freedom. I mean, that was an absolute piss-take today, wasn't it? I mean, Charlton
2: looked defeated from the second they stepped onto the pitch. It was obvious from the first two minutes when I think it was Harrison had that early chance, and it was about two or three minutes in, and by the time he had that, I, I genuinely don't think Charlton had touched the ball it had just been a complete onslaught from us and it's it's not often you you could say that a goal within the first 2 minutes had been coming but that is how it would have felt it was just like we would we looked so much better than them right from the off it was it was glorious it was almost like today's performance felt a bit like we've been holding off all season and finally with the, a bit of the pressure taken out this is what we can do and if we'd have been able, if we'd have been playing to our full ability all season and without that that gnawing need to get this done feeling. We could have probably done this every single week. We're, but some of the stuff we play is unbelievable. And I mean, it is a joy to be living through it.
1: I'm not totally convinced that I was massively different to the way we play every single week. There was a few more kind of volleyed back heels in the penalty area that you wouldn't get normally in some bits of that. But I think it's maybe a, it's a combination of the players being free to to play with a bit more expression because there's... There's not the the pressure on them. But I think as well with the, the pressure not being on us as fans anymore, we can actually just sit and watch and go, oh, this team are absolutely outstanding. That When Ben White runs 50 yards from his own penalty area and plays a through ball to uh, Stuart Dallas, he does that. I've seen him do that 10, 15, 20 times this season. But then we don't come on here at the end of the game and talk about Ben White running 50 yards. We come on here at the end of the game and go, oh, I can't believe it took until the 89th minute for us, uh, Pat Bamford, to score a winner. And what about those chances we missed? And we nearly conceded all that goals. Is our defence good enough? What if, what if Ben White gets injured? Can we bring, is going to be in? And we've only got two centre-backs. And all this stuff that prevents you from, from just watching a game and going, that's a really good team. And I almost feel this temptation to go back through this season and start watching it again from the start, knowing how it ends. Just watch every single 90 minutes. Maybe drop a couple. Don't need the Forest game again. And
2: just see how good it was. I do feel a bit like tonight I was reminded of the early Bielsa days when we were beating Stoke and we were beating Derby away and stuff at the start of last season. And When at that point it didn't feel like there was a heavy pressure on us because we were still in that initial phase of being like, bloody hell, we're actually really good and this is fun to watch and it's it's just nice to be involved again at the top of the league and then somewhere somewhere through last season the pressure hit and it hasn't actually stopped at any point since then until now and then it's just been it's just been back to the early days of like look at this look at what's happened this is beautiful stuff like let's let's just appreciate it again and that it made me almost hopeful for next year when there's not going to be that same pressure on us because it's it's fine that we'll go and lose half of the games next year. You know, that's that's actually allowed and we can do some good things in between that.
1: Almost the worst thing that could happen. It's a little bit like what happened to Howard Wilkinson when he went and, and did win the league in his second season in the first division and then uh, finished 17th the, the next season. If it had been the other way around, I don't think anybody would have worried about that 17th season. Nobody would ever have, uh, have cared particularly. The worst thing that could happen next season if, is if we get up to like third by November or something and suddenly everybody thinks i think we're going to win the league here and then we'll we'll stop enjoying it again which is is i completely agree with you about last season that it was fun and lovely up until the point where you thought we could actually do this and then you get terrified
0: whereas this season i think has been all about business hasn't it it's felt a lot more business like i think it's a phrase we've we've used on this podcast across the season and i think in many ways I mean, it feels to me, at least, I mean, see if you agree with me that we have kind of adopted that tone on the match ball across this season where we've been like, yep, it's just another win towards our goal. Keep a level head and we'll see if we get there in the end.
1: Keep a level head. You were crying when we were about 10 points clear at first because you didn't think we were going to go up. Both of you.
2: <laughs> I never had any <laughs> doubts, as you well know. Now I did have doubts.
1: It, w- it wasn't just people should have heard it off air when I was having to mop your tears up.
2: I mean, there, were, there have been some worrying points in this season. The way it's ended is ridiculous because, like, the Forest game was the one that was talked about as you know the moment where you thought, "Shit, this has got potential to go completely wrong." And as it is, we finished twenty-three points ahead of them, <laughs> and they've managed to hysterically drop out of the playoffs on the last the last day of this. And on reflection, you can laugh at how scared we were by it, but it was it was worrying at the time, you know. And we had to we had to claw our way back from that with some pretty hard won victories and you know some moments where you thought we'd we knacking it again I mean go look at that Birmingham game the amount of swings in that you was there were four separate occasions in that game where you thought we're screwing this up and somehow we managed to not so it's it's been it's been amazing it, it really has and it's just but it and credit to the players for doing it under this the pressure that they have because I don't think anyone else in the league feels this and I know there's a bit of Leeds exceptionalism that comes in and that we maybe think we're, we're different to other clubs but I, I think in this league we genuinely are. There's there's so much more on us than anyone else.
0: It's not just that we're the biggest club in the league it's it's that there is such a, a price on our scalp. I mean, every single fan, you know, when, you, when they do those surveys just about every fan when they do those surveys about most hated clubs votes for Leeds apart from some like close geographical rivals and then you always say Leeds in second place. I mean, I don't think many of you even know why they're supposed to hate Leeds anymore but it goes to show how big the club is, and how big its legacy is, and how big the fan base is, and yeah, we, we've overcome tremendous odds. I think this season, way beyond, yeah, what anybody else in this uh, in this league has had to overcome.
1: There's that confusion that seems to have descended upon supporters of Derby County, where um, because of you know Victor Orta waving his binoculars about last week, and obviously all the tweets that have been going in, now is going to say, then well, we're giving credit to the players, credit to matches click for taking timeouts while while he. Uh, he's probably still on a an open top bus. He has just retweeted the Brentford tweet when they conceded the winner to Barnsley, which is <laughs> a superb effort. But Derby have kind of done that thing that Carlisle did to us in League 1 where they've they've sort of began to think that we care. And like we did have a thing going with Carlisle in League 1 cuz we kept playing them all the time and we kept playing them in things like playoffs and JPT finals and matches at the end of the season where we're going for promotion and stuff. And there was the stuff when, you know, their their fans ran on and, and punched our players at, at their ground and at, at all this stuff. So th- stuff did develop. But then what happened when we got promoted is, is we gave it all back to them and then moved on. And that's kind of what's happening with Derby now is that we're telling them as representatives of the championship to fuck off now. Um, and here's all the stuff that's kind of built up over the last season in particular, and getting it out of our system. And they were like, oh, we're living in your heads rent-free. And like, we're not. This is us us getting you out of our heads because we're going to the Premier League and you are not. And so we, we will stop giving a fuck after this moment. But we just wanted to make sure you noticed that we won.
0: Do we have any thoughts on the game itself tonight then? I know we've said before we kind of pissed it, but some really, really nice stuff in there. I mean, for example... Pablo's threaded pass for Dallas's goal and then Dallas's finish. It was just taking the absolute piss and it was the very best of what we've seen this season.
2: That's two games in a row now. Pablo, he's nutmegging people from further and further away. It's absurd. It's like a little fairground trick that he can pull somehow. It's unbelievable. The man has no right to be doing that at that age. Just completely taking the piss of of people. I mean, that game should have been stopped, realistically. The ref should have. Should have said, look, look like they've had enough. When that second goal went in, just go, no, no more, no more, come on. Like a, a punch box boxer just being led back to his corner, like, now, lad, come on. You're a young man. You don't want to do yourself any lasting damage, do you? It's only going to get worse for you if you go back out.
1: There's a a real worry about what it would be like on the the bus home for Charlton. If you if you take the players who gave a shit against the ones who must not, given the way they, they played today, that's not going to be a... A happy journey. The the joy for me in in the Leeds game was the fourth goal. That massive pass from Strike and the layoff from Paveda and Shackleton finishing. Everybody's worrying about oh, who we're going to sign in the Premier League? Nobody don't need anybody. Absolutely fine. I'm I'm all oh, I'm, I'm serious about Strike. If we're looking about, we need a a backup for Cooper and a another. Hopefully Ben White give it a strike, don't worry about it, spend the money somewhere else. It might be difficult for him at first, he'll be fine. And then um, he can also play Calvin's position as well, so he's versatile. So he's a perfect squad player for Bielsa if he can play those few positions to that kind of standard. And then Pervade has come from Man City, lost his way a bit there and taken some time to get up to speed with Bielsa, but I thought he looked great tonight and that was a really intelligent goal. And Shackleton has been the player who, People have been talking about him for about five or six years. His name has been always the one of like, he will be an absolute star player. So fine, there's three absolutely superb players who made a goal themselves and we can be massively optimistic about them and Tyler Roberts as well coming on and scoring a header like that.
2: All of those goals tonight felt like it was just showing off things that we've been criticised for not doing enough all season. Like Ben White hasn't scored all season, people say we don't really take shots from outside the box all of a sudden last game of the season why not let Ben White crash in a a volley from the edge of the box that like we don't score for direct from corners okay here's here's Tyler Roberts just heading in and we've not got any strikers well here's the one we've had all along just doing a striker thing and we've not had any backup for Calvin Phillips if he gets injured and actually it turns out we have we've just not been using him we've just had him in reserve and we've got goals on the bench and Jamie Shackleton all this time and Perveda was always there to be a spare playmaker if we needed one it's just we've held all this back we'd have we just to, so we didn't break the 110 point mark we've decided to hold all these things back but we can do absolutely all of it hey i'm ryan reynolds at Mint mobile
1: we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot you have an
0: Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Want to pick your brains on this outside bus thing that's going on outside the stand as we record this on the match ball. I don't feel particularly positive about that. And it's a little bit of a black mark on what has been an otherwise perfect evening and perfect season. It feels a little bit contradictory of the club to... Be encouraging people not to come down and saying they're considering the safety of the public, but also on the other hand, to park a bus outside there. And I know it's not driving round, but it's out there for a lot of people to gather. And it feels a wee bit unfair, doesn't it? When you know you've stayed at
2: home and, and listened to the advice, and
0: because we could be down there, shirts off right now.
2: Yeah, it's pretty stupid on the club's part. I think it's at a time when there's a lot of good feeling being generated. It's uh, yeah, it's a stupid thing to do for a few reasons. But I mean, I can't equally, I can't like without all of these celebrations, I can't really begrudge anyone being there because it's amazing isn't it <laughs> so its I kind of wish I was there myself to be honest but old yeah
1: I can't exactly work out why I'm not mad about it I think maybe just FOMO isn't really affecting me anymore like I can't look at it I was mentioning before that the way I experienced the 1992 win was yeah I was at the game uh, against Norwich when we lifted the trophy but if want to look at the photos of that it was a bit shit <laughs> <laughs> it was it was an incredible moment, but there's a there's a bit, and you can you can watch it better on the video when Gordon Strachan kind of he he has to walk around the the Barclay Card big sponsors banner because it blocked off the view of the low fields, and Gordon Strachan's aware of this, so he kind of at one point he walks around it and gives this kind of sheepish wave to them, and then the the big party was actually the next day in the center of Leeds when a quarter of a million people lined the streets and there was an open-top bus all the way through and they, they went on the balcony of the art gallery and, and showed the the trophy to everybody. And um, and I didn't go to that, but I've never cared particularly. I've, I, I know the video of it, of it off by heart, the, the clip of, I think it's John Newsome nearly drops the top off the trophy and it nearly bounces off the, the art gallery and to the ground, but he catches it. All that kind of stuff has stayed with me, in just as satisfactory a way. So I guess the, the long way round of it is that if you told me that there was going to be a, a, an open-top bus outside Allen Road with a load of pyro kicking off, I probably would have gone there. Eh, yeah, I'm happy for people to, to enjoy that. That's cool. But I don't think I would have been in, in the middle of it. Yeah, I agree with that.
0: I don't begrudge anybody being there. I'm just not sure it feels like necessarily the right thing to do but let's put that one to bed because we can discuss that another day and I'm sure plenty of people will have plenty of opinions like there's one guy I think it's Graham Bailey who covers Middlesbrough saying a new low for Leeds United yeah of course this is absolutely terrible isn't it
1: I mean that's the other thing as well is that's that's one of the the the, there's a few aspects of it one is the the risk in the pandemic and I think that is the stupidity is that it is a, a risky thing and I said this on the the main podcast and say now if you are down there just spend the next seven days just quarantine yourselves a little bit don't go around and lick your gran tomorrow because you don't know what you've picked up at the moment and you don't know what it could be like so just some time indoors as kind of your penance for having enjoyed this so much i think would be a fair a fair trade how it looks to fucking middlesbrough journalists other clubs people who want to have a go on Twitter. I just don't care. I'm not interested in their opinions. I'm interested in Leeds fans' opinions, and if Leeds fans feel disappointed that they uh, could have gone and, and couldn't, but then I the thing about like I was trying to work my head out about this earlier. Why I'm not personally too bothered. And I remember that one of the biggest moments of the Champions League is in the San Siro when the players came out on the pitch and sang with the the fans there. And there was only a few thousand Leeds fans there because it was in Milan. So there's limited numbers who can travel. And whatever had happened at Elland Road today, even if everybody could have been there, there'll have been Leeds fans in Norway who couldn't have come and been part of it. So there's always this thing of some people can be there, some people can't be there. If I was running Leeds United, I would not have organised that. And I think it was a bit of a dumb move. And I can understand Leeds fans being upset that they, they couldn't go. But don't spend your night fucking tweeting with some Middlesbrough wanker. Just go and find the footage of Marcelo Bielsa lifting the trophy and look forward to the open-top bus parade that they say they are planning, which had better be the best fucking open-top bus parade and city-wide celebration any city has ever seen ever to make up for this. And that, that should be good.
2: If anyone says this is a, a new low for Leeds United, they've not been paying attention, have they? Let's face it. There have been there have been countless occasions where much, much worse things have happened. So, yeah, calm down, everyone.
0: Yeah, and it will be forgotten in no time at all because you know, there's a much bigger story there in play. Uh, one thing I do want to say is we've won 12 out of the last 14 games. What a testament that is to the job that Bielsa's done. But more than that, to these players. They've been absolutely brilliant.
2: I can't remember who it was I saw someone tweet in the first half saying who's the worst member of our first team and it is it's is hard to say i feel like in other years that there've been a lot of competition for it in a different way in that you could say well it could feasibly be all of them whereas this season it feels more like it's none of them cuz they're all all absolutely amazing kiko aside for off field stuff as much as on field stuff you can't really fault any of them you can't they're a great bunch of lads you can't fault the lads
1: and yeah it's it all melts away when you win the the title, all those, the way you feel about a footballer during the season, you know, you, you come out of a game and you're fuming about one of them and it's usually Pat Bamford because he's missed a, a chance or Jackie Harrison's missed cross. And then, like, Alioski when he had that chance to volley in the penalty area, of course it went into the upper tier of the South Stand because he does it every single fucking time. But when a trophy is being lifted at the end of it and when you have won that many games, whatever it is, 12 out of 14, when you do turn out to be... A, have a ridiculous margin at the top of the table, which the rest of the results tonight seem to pass me by in a bit of a surreal haze. Cause I was just watching the Leeds United ruling the world. But then it all melts away and you just go fine. Pat Bamford, our top scorer fired us into the premier league, Jackie Harrison, brilliant from the wings, all those crosses that set up Pat Bamford and helped us in the premier league. Alioski." Doesn't matter about those volleys in the south Sand anymore because I mean you, you saw tonight when he chased back to left back and got a tackle in that he's been doing all season. It was the years when players would do all this stuff. Steve Morrison would shoot and hit a corner flag, and Michael Brown would wander around the pitch being shite, and then you ended up fifteenth. There was then there was no kind of relief from it where you could say it was all worth it in the end, and that's kind of how I feel about it. With whatever you feel about the the players during the season it happens you can't get through 46 games with with all 11 of your players or 18 in the squad being brilliant in every single one sometimes they'll be good sometimes they'll have bad games sometimes they'll have a few bad games on the run sometimes they'll have a few good games on the run it's where it gets you at the end of it that that counts and how much you enjoy as a as a team on the way through
2: and all of those players who've played the games for us have been picked by Bielsa and more so than at any point during my time watching Leeds United, I don't think anyone seriously is questioning him or has truly at any point. There's been points where people have been like, oh, just play Roberts up front. Just. But but more or less, and we have been part of this as well, I've just gone, well, here's Bielsa. Just let him do his thing. He knows more than us. And the results show that. You know, Having lost at Forrest, you do think he's got to change something. He's got to rejig the formation or the starting starting at 11 or something. He, he never really did. He just kept it the same. The results changed. We picked up a few wins in a row. All of a sudden, we are playing well again. And we've gone and won the bloody league by an absolute mile in the end. So did we turn Brentford's goal difference around in the end? I'm not sure we did, did we? We've equaled it. Equaled it. Oh, nice. Very nicely done. Plus 42 goal difference. Yeah, we are 10 points clear of second,
0: West Brom, and 12 points clear of Brentford in third. And a whopping... 23 points away from 7th place to Nottingham Forest, who uh, have lost out on a playoff place by one goal. So I like to think, you know when we drew with them earlier in the season, the very, very start of the season, they got all jolly excited at uh, sort of mid-August, wasn't it, when Graben scored that equaliser. I like to think that Pablo Hernandez's goal that day is the one goal that um, if they hadn't conceded, they would now be in the playoffs. And that makes me
1: happy. I mean, Michael Dawson said that they were hunting us and West Brom down, didn't he?
2: It's a bit like when when Dick Cheney went hunting and shot his friend in the in the face. A bit like that. That's the sort of hunting they've been they've been doing this season. It's been a it's been an absolutely wild end to the season. It's, watch it. I've I actually put Sky Sports on because that game was far too easy to be interesting by the end. So I had two screens going on with Sky Sports news just so I could laugh at the complete mayhem going on elsewhere because there was the Forest thing unfolding. There was got to see um, Barnsley taking the lead at Brentford. Got to see Slavon Bilic almost having a heart attack as he was realising what was happening at Brentford and trying to, all of a sudden he had about eight strikers on the pitch and then he, he realised he needed to maybe just draw that game. So, so nice to not be involved in any of it though. I know that those last minute winners and the drama of it all is what give you some of your best days in football, but fuck me, it's nice to just be the best team by a mile. Isn't it?
0: it really is. And it's so nice. I did similar to you, Michael. So nice to see everybody else going through the shit and not us for once just sat there smoking a big fat metaphorical cigar and thinking Brentford are going to be tearing their hair out because they were so bloody sure of themselves, weren't they? I think that's what really riled everybody about their whole attitude. And I'm sure Thomas Frank, you know, was was probably fine and no different to, to most managers. But he got a little bit under our skin with his, his big talk towards the end of the season. And actually,
2: when it got down to the nitty gritty, they collapsed and we didn't. We just soared away from them. We kept saying Brentford can't keep winning and they did, but it turns out they couldn't. And actually, their last two results, if they'd have just managed to win one of those, they'd have been up, which now seems quite simple to just win one of those last two games. But in fact, would two draws even have done it? I can't even remember. I've not been paying much attention the last week. It's been a blur.
1: It was a great effort by them to get themselves into that position from where they were at the start of the lockdown, but I can't pretend I'm not glad they fucked it up. Pontus Janssen, I noticed, Dan, you were in charge generally of the Squareball Twitter account and brought up that picture of him from uh, the Derby playoff last year. And I don't have any particular problem with Pontus Janssen. I loved him while he was here. And then, you know, when a player does leave you immediately flip the switch. I'm kind of glad that he hasn't gone up with Brentford. He still might, they could still do it in the, in the playoffs. And I'd actually be quite glad for him to maybe get in the Premier League that way. But some part of me just thinks that because of what seemed to lead up to the, his departure with, be also not happy, being happy with sort of how he was behaving and kind of his attitude to things, the time off he wanted. And that he was, you know, the thing about him coming back late in the summer was he was saying to other players that, you know, we we shouldn't have to go in so early. And all the other players were like, no, we want to go in early because we want to win the league. And I think that that was a, probably an important change. Pontus Janssen came into this club in the Gary Monk era and made a real positive change in the attitude around the place. In that, I think he took a lot of players and instilled in them that they were playing for Leeds United and that they should be confident and that they should be proud of what they were doing. And he said himself that he used to be the big man and now Marcelo else is the the big man, and he just kind of got overtaken. And the players then they didn't need him amongst them, so I don't think he necessarily agreed with that. And kind of it somehow seems justice that the players who did buy in have gone to the Premier League automatically and won the title, and that a player who didn't buy in has not. But if he gets into the Premier League through the playoffs, booby prize in it, and he can he can make do with that. And it would be interesting to see him up there. I think of the team, I mean, I don't know who else is in the playoffs, I don't particularly care, but I've heard of Brentford, so...
2: Brentford will play Swansea, Fulham will play Cardiff.
1: I mean, irrelevant to me. And nobody
0: will be playing Forrest, which is great. Yeah, I'm, yeah. just to explain that point, I've got no axe to grind whatsoever with Pontus either. I would have loved to have seen him there tonight, actually, in amongst that. But would we have done it in the same way with him at the back? It's, I guess it's a question we'll never know the answer to, but I wish him well. But I'd quite like Brentford to stay down now
2: so we can start uh, picking off their best attackers. I mean, that would be nice. I, d- I certainly don't want any of Cardiff's players, or Swansea's probably, So and probably can't afford to pay Fulham's players any more than they're already paying them. So I think you're right, I must go about that thing about the players that have bought into it, because if you think back to the hacking bottom era and people like Cooper and Dallas, I never saw them at the time as players who would be part of a, a Leeds team that would romp this division. And they've both been brilliant throughout this season and, and mainly brilliant through last season as well. I know Cooper had a few high profile slips, but the transformation in him from the, the play we knew under Chilino played alongside um, some of the clowns that he brought in, just amazing. And You've got to give Bales for a lot of credit, but you've got to give the players credit too because they're the ones that have lost the weight and put in the miles on that track and no doubt stood through endless training sessions. With, I mean, you saw all Bales' staff in groups today, didn't you? You saw just how many of them there are. It's a huge, huge operation that has gone into making these players what they are. And the players have had to commit themselves completely to this cause for a couple of years. So all credit to them. They deserve it.
0: It's a huge sacrifice, isn't it?
2: Huge sacrifice.
1: Yeah, and going back to the... Heckin' Bottomira, one of the players who was not rated and nobody expected to be coming through and being any good was Calvin Phillips. That was exactly the moment when we were peak Hockaday that Phillips started growing his hair and started braiding it. And I don't know if people remember the reaction to that, but it was as if he'd signed his transfer away from the club. The moment he had that haircut done, said his his attitude stank. Nothing will ever come good of him. Ronaldo Vieira is the future Ronaldo Vieira came off the bench for Sampdoria this evening, tonight, um, in the first half. So I assume he was replacing somebody who was injured and he got um, booked. So that's what Ronaldo Vieira's up to. Calvin Phillips, who more than anybody else, I think probably represents this team now. Future England captain, Premier League footballer. And if you're talking about things that people just did not see coming, there's, there's certainly one of them.
0: Just an update on the boss outside the stadium. They've said that the safety advisory group, who are the group that basically put together and licensed the events for for football at the stadium and all that sort of stuff, council, police are all involved, that they thought it would be a good way to disperse the crowds, would be to have a brief appearance of the players with the trophy and you know bringing it out briefly and then going back inside would help to disperse them, which I don't know. I mean, I don't want to get caught up on this tonight, because, but we have to talk about it because that's why we're here, but I don't want to get
2: caught up on it tonight. I mean saying the players will not under any circumstances be coming out with the trophy would have probably done a better job. But anyway, like you say, we'll leave it for another day. Who cares?
0: We don't care. And one thing that I do like is the fact that the new season is actually only six weeks away. So we don't have to go off into the summer for you know, the long drawn out summer where you think, well, they've all gone on holiday now, you know, agents are on holiday, as Bates always used to say. And then things start to kick into action eventually around the start of when preseason training starts in sort of July or whatever. So you've missed most of May and then all of June. Actually, it's gonna be around a hell of a lot quicker than we realise.
2: All right, Dan, let me enjoy this for a bit. Don't yeah, start worrying out. about don't start worrying about the Premier League just yet. Are we going down or what? I didn't mean it from the point of view of worrying about it. Just like the excitement of like getting new signings
0: and breaking our transfer record, because that stuff's good. And like no, you're right. even daft stuff like you know, getting the new kits.
2: Getting the fixtures out will be nice. Being able to look down and go, like, there's a there's at least a dozen games in there that you're really looking forward to. Whereas before you'd get them in the championship and be like, oh fucking. Right, well, I to go, go I'll just feel that Christmas, have we, or whatever. It was never, there was never a great deal to look forward to in that. It was more things I didn't want to happen. Whereas I'm, I'll am be look for, looking forward to a lot of the Premier League.
1: I think the thing to be grateful for about a, a brief summer and also the reason not to let the good parts of tonight, the celebrations and the, the glory, pass too quickly, as Bielsa said, this moment should last for a long time, is that it means that there's only a very limited window in which we can have all the fucking arguing about jean Kevin Augustan for example and other such things that will occupy our time you know that the the new Adidas Awake it won't be won't be nice enough and that the um, we only play Liverpool twice when we should re- really play them three times and it's not fucking fair all that kind of stuff that will inevitably within days of the of the trophy being put back in its uh, in its cabinet It'll be you know why haven't we fucking signed anybody yet? Well, we've we've, we've signed Helder Costa and Jackie Harrison. Well, they were shit. They're not going to be good enough for the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> all that all that stuff starts much much sooner than you think and lasts a lot longer than you can maybe remember when there is a long summer. So, uh, compressing all that into just a few weeks will help, and then we can get on to the fixture list. Is is right? it's the big thing that Leeds United will bring to the Premier League, Liverpool versus Leeds United, Manchester City versus Leeds United, Arsenal versus Leeds United. I think we should refuse to play scum.
2: (laughs) I did see the other day, it was Norwich Burnley in a completely meaningless game in the Premier League and I thought, do you know what? The Premier League does want us. Leeds United against anyone is better than this.
0: It's been all right, hasn't it, this season, looking back on it as we draw
2: the curtain on it. It's been fucking brilliant. Apart from the fact we've not been able to see some of it, but... The bit we did see in person was brilliant and the bit we've not seen in person has mainly been pretty brilliant as well in the football sense. Just the, the whole being sat watching it on telly has not been as good, but you know what, I'll take I'll take a promotion on telly versus um, 15th place in person any day.
1: We always said for years something will happen, you know, Leeds getting promoted to the Premier League, oh, yeah right, but there'll be a, you know, World War 3 will break out first or there'll be a you know, a meteor. Which it, it did in.
2: sound like today. In fairness, listening to the uh, the Leeds coverage with the the shelling outside the ground,
1: or a a meteor will come and and destroy Earth, or you know something would happen. And as it turned out, it was it was a, a very horrible pandemic that killed thousands of people, and did mean um that we were right all along that Leeds United going back to the Premier League wouldn't be normal, wouldn't be easy, wouldn't be calm and. Um, It would be weird and it would also be unique. And I I think I tried to stress it at some point, either an article or a um, a podcast, is that whatever this ended up being like, so this is going back a few months when we didn't know how the season was going to end, but however it ended up being like, if it was Ghost Games, as it turned out, if we couldn't go to the ground for whatever. Just try and appreciate bits of it that you can have. So, I mean, I still treasure, I was talking about the Open Top Bus from 1992 that, didn't get to see in person, but I've still got a very tatty um, A4 poster from match magazine of the, the front of that bus with Gary McAllister holding the, the trophy with his, his arms across it and David Batty and Gary speed leaning over it in the rollover print t-shirts, which is not a plug purely because we've remade those t-shirts, but I think says like how deeply those, those particular t-shirts kind of entered my psyche is through the, the photographs and the the videos that I, I saw of it not from being on the streets of Leeds that day and seeing any of it happen and, and that's because I, I lived away from Leeds at, at that time so my ability to be close to the club was really limited and so I just had to take what I could from it and I don't know if that's just prepared me really well for for how this season has ended up where it's just like well this is this is how I experienced us winning the league in 92 when I, I listened to the our game at Sheffield United on a radio Leeds, which because I was the other side of the Pennines, I could barely hear it. It was all crackly. And then watched the Liverpool scum game on, on ITV in the afternoon when they cut Howard Wilkinson off halfway through. He was just about to say something really profound about winning the league. And they, they cut him off because they didn't have enough time. And that's kind of put me in a place where I'm like, I'm, I'm ready to to go through all the photos and look at them and look at all the videos and, and see what, what comes out and, and kind of enjoy it that way. And I think just stressing that wherever you are, whatever you're doing, however you are enjoying the fact that Leeds have won the league title, if it's listening by some fucking idiots rambling on a podcast, just appreciate that for what it is and that, you know, it's a very unique season and that's a, a very unique football club in the middle of it.
0: Beautifully put, Moscow. We'll leave it there. and um, Thanks to you for listening right across the season on The match ball. It will obviously be back for next season in the Premier League. And we're still podcasting right across the what's left of the summer break anyway. So do stay with us. Thanks to you. Thanks as well to Levi Solicitors for their continued support on the Match Ball. Ten percent discount. LeviSolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. We'll catch you in a bit. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.
1: The Match Ball.